I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on. We talk about basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happens. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Get into our Senior Bowl talk that's brought to you by for the spirit of First American, a banking tradition since 1910. Happy to welcome in Joe DeLeon, college football and NFL draft analyst at the Believe Podcast Network. How you been, Joe? Uh, good, good. It's uh, always an exciting time of year when the Senior Bowl uh, wraps up. It's the it's the key indicator that it's draft season. So <laughs> always excited to see how things turn out. And it was a pretty fun uh, fun week of practices that happened in Mobile. I was wondering, did you end up with sunburn on one half of your head because <laughs> my partner over here, Jeff Nowak, he ended up with uh, his left side got toasted a little bit more than the right. Yeah, the uh, the sun was a lot lot stronger than it typically. Uh, <laughs> than it typically is there in Mobile this time of year, which is which is surprising. <laughs> I just thought it was funny because you could tell who was the media by the sunburn on the left side of their face, and you, you know, the guys on the other side of the stadium had it on the right side of their face. They're more important than we are. But <laughs> let's, uh, let's get into it. You know, uh, one thing about this draft that I think – this draft class that I think became really clear this week, if it wasn't already, there's a lot of really intriguing offensive line prospects, and a lot of them were in Mobile. Right, Taliese Fuanga, Tyler Guyton, Jordan Morgan, and, and and even then, there's just a lot of names after. I'm just curious if there were any offensive line prospects that you went in there and were surprised by that maybe you didn't expect to look as good as they did. Because I just thought that's the group that you know, if you're a team looking for offensive line help, this is the year. Yeah, I think that the the one guy in particular that you just mentioned was Tyler Guyton from Oklahoma. He was a guy who I had graded as my seventh rated offensive tackle because I knew coming into the week that this is a, a very long and athletic former tight end uh, that was playing tackle who this was really his first full season as a starter at Oklahoma uh, after he ends up taking the job from Anton Harrison who was a uh, first rounder last year and I wanted to see coming into the week how was he going to show up how physical could he look because there were some not concerns but expectations that his upper body strength isn't to where it needs to be but one thing I saw is while that work and that refinement is going to come with time, he's got tools that you can't coach. Tremendous mobility. Uh, his base was was fantastic. And then being six foot seven with the arm length that he brings to the position, I think maybe in a year or so, if you give him some time to develop, he could be a really good starting tackle in the NFL. But fan bases need to be patient with him. This is, is not going to be a guy who steps in right away and plays at a very high level because he does need to work on his technique and he does need to add some more power to his profile. You know, uh, and you know, kind of just shifting across from that to a guy that I saw beat Tyler Guyton pretty clean and is really intriguing to me is a guy that I thought really helped his draft stock this week was Darius Robinson, you know, 6'5", 284. He just, I think he just, you know, you, you look at, some of the reviews on what he was able to do and can line up anywhere. I mean, <laughs> I, I think that guy's going to end up being a top 15 pick when it's all said and done. What do you think? Yeah. I had a feeling that was who you were going to say as soon as you started leading that in. <laughs> Darius Robinson is a, is a guy who like started the week, not slow, but quietly there. We were talking about a lot of other players. And then as the week progressed, he just started to build more and more momentum. This edge class, it's not tremendously talented. This isn't like the past couple of years. There's a bit of a, you know, who's who of who ends up being that, that top edge rusher. So he could end up going a lot earlier than I think a lot of people uh, might have as expected. But you guys talked about he can play a number of different positions. In Missouri, they had him move around in a bunch of different shades. And then finally this year he was playing mostly on the outside and was 
much more productive. And then we saw at the Senior Bowl this week that they were having him rush, uh, you know, from a three technique and then moving him and having him rush uh, as a defensive end. And the ways that he was able to display the, the power that he has, he's got very underrated bend for the position, which is important for edge rushers. But I love the, the, the technique and the hand-fighting ability that he brings to the position. I think outside of Lietu Latu, who is in a completely different stratosphere of technician, I, I think that Darius Robinson was uh, that second-best guy in terms of just being the most technically sound, well-coached edge rusher that was in Mobile. You mentioned Latu, and I well, I got a chance to talk to him at the at, not on the field, but at the kind of breakfast at three thirty p.m., which is what they still called it, which I thought was funny. Uh, and his frame really was interesting to me because I expected him to be a much bigger guy. He's very long, and I'm just curious. Yeah, what what do you see from him? Because uh, watching the Saints, you see a lot of the frame of a Darius Robinson. You don't see as many of those long edge rushers the way Latu is. What did you see from him specifically? Yeah, Latu is a really interesting player in this class because, and it kind of goes in, the, in line with this conversation of how the edge class is going to shape out because there's there's two guys in particular with a Dallas Turner from Alabama and yep. Jared Burst from Florida State who are just super twitched up, super just traitsy players that are, are kind of developing um, their technique. But then you go to Lietu Latu, who's maybe not as twitchy, and as you're talking about, he's not this hulking mass. He's not this massive player, but the way that he wins is through effort it's through his motor playing through the whistle. Uh, you see that all the time on film, and then you saw that come to reality in Mobile. The way that I know that a guy is just tremendously well-coached and just really gifted with his reactiveness and his decision-making as a pass rusher is watching how they counter when their initial move doesn't work. And it happened multiple times during the week that he was – the couple times where you kind of were watching, you're thinking like, oh, he's about to lose this rep. He had an amazing counter move that was unblockable for some of these these tackles. And I think that has put him into a completely separate category. I feel like Latu has solidified being a late first-round pick, but things that are going to complicate it are his medical background and, and having to uh, medically retire at one point is going to make things really tricky. We did see uh, with Phillips a few years ago, former Miami and UCLA edge rusher who – had something similar and still went in the first round. I think Latu could maybe overcome that, but he is just a, a phenomenal football player who was really fun to watch. Joe, looking at some uh, two local guys from Tulane, curious what you thought uh, from this week's uh, practices of Michael Pratt and also Jaquan Jackson. Yeah, Jackson was a very underrated player for the receivers, and there's just so much receiver talent, so it's easy to get lost in the shuffle uh, with all of those guys that were performing at the receiver position, but just a very quick shifty, explosive guy that could be some great day three value for a team that's looking for maybe that fourth or fifth receiver on the roster. But Michael Pratt, I was really impressed. I think that if you look at the rest of this quarterback group, for the most part, it was it was unimpressive and inconsistent at times. Bo Nix, you know, started the week a little slow and then finished strong, and Michael Penix flashed his arm strength. But at the same time, uh, those inconsistencies that showed up thrown to the middle of the field appeared on the in the practices during the week but with Michael Pratt I knew coming into this week that he was the most steady guy I knew that he was always going to you know make the right decision he was always going to deliver the ball with with great accuracy where it needs to be Um, he's not the most athletically gifted quarterback of the group by any means but because he's so steady and consistent I think that's going to help carve out a role for him in the NFL for a very long time it is hard to find a good backup quarterback that 
a team can draft and rely on when a starter goes down. And I think that Michael Pratt is eventually uh, going to be that type of a player in the league. And I kind of compare him to maybe being like Kirk Cousins, who Cousins was drafted just to be a backup. And now we see that he has become an important part of the success for the Minnesota Vikings. Pratt has that capability. He might not step onto the field and play at an MVP type of a level, but he's good enough to win football games, I think, maybe a few years later on into his career. Yeah, one of the one of the things I appreciate about the Senior Bowl is you get a chance to see some of these lower level prospects that you know a lot of it's like I think this guy's good, but you don't see him against the top end competition, so it's tough to it's tough to tell. And guys like show up and you're like, who is that? And you go look him up and you start looking at their background. And one of the guys for me that I thought had a really good week and is is intriguing, you know, maybe a UDFA latch onto a roster is uh, Dylan Love, the running back out of New Hampshire, and he was just making plays right. And I talked to him. And uh, I asked him who his game is kind of reminiscent of. And he said, he said Christian McCaffrey. But I also I asked him if he had run that by Luke McCaffrey, who was also there. And he said no. So I start to wonder if maybe he doesn't want to get told that it's not him. But the guy I would comp him to, and I think is a lot more reasonable, is Danny Woodhead, another guy who yeah. came from a lower level. And they do a lot of the same things. And what he said to me was like, yeah, if Danny was playing in the league today, he would be crushing it because the way the NFL game is played now, it just you you want that guy you want that that fire hydrant who can catch the ball and just does everything all the little things and i thought dylan was that guy my prediction is that he ends up having the you know leading in total yards because it just seems like an event that's built for him i'm curious if you had any thoughts on dylan and in general was there anyone that kind of came out of the woodwork uh that you that you think really showed themselves well this week yeah, Lauv actually I think really definitely fits that, that category you're saying here of a guy who popped up through the woodwork. And he was somebody who I'd been tracking uh, this whole season. I, I played football in the CAA, which was the conference that, that he played in. And I played plenty of UNH teams that gave, a, gave my roadie Rams a pretty tough battle. And it, it, it's not surprising that they've got a really well-coached running back like Laub who played the way that he did this week and I really like that that comp to Danny Woodhead the other one that my co-host Brian Roberts had given on the show was that uh kind of gives the the James White type of a feel and if Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels were still running the Patriots he probably would end up beating <laughs> the Patriot if we're you know probably put some money down on that and it would probably end up hitting but um you hit the nail on the head there where he's not going to be the type of running back that I'm going to rely on uh, between the tackles and on every single down. He's just not really built for that. He's not really strong in those short areas. He's not going to, you know, pound for extra yards. But for the modern NFL where you've got these guys that can be motioned into the slot on third down, you can have them uh, run screens, you can have them run flare routes and wheel routes and get open and kill you in space. He's exactly the type of guy that you want to need. Uh, for that type of a role. And, and we, the thing that excited me the most that we got to see is that he was uh, playing in the one-on-one reps against the DBs, right. and he was creating really easy separation against those guys. So, yeah, so what you brought up, Laub was one of the guys that I really enjoyed watching this week, and I think he could be a little bit of a surprise player that goes somewhere on day three and ends up being a, a nice piece for a team that's in the playoffs next year. I agree completely. Uh, you know, my, my last question, and this is kind of open-ended, you know, it's not a banner tight end class at all, but it, this is the type of year where there's going to be one or two guys that you're not talking about but show up and you're like, who is that guy? And like, well, you should have been paying attention. And I'm just curious, who would be your top tight end? Who are you most impressed with at the tight end position out of this year's Senior Bowl class? 
Yeah, I think without a doubt it was Theo Johnson from Penn State. He is going to go to the Combine into exactly what you're saying there. He's going to be the guy that everyone during the week at the Combine is going to be like, who, who is this? This guy ran a, a high 4-4. He ran a 4-5, and he's 260 pounds. And he's going to test so well in all of the, the testing drills. He might even have, outside of Brock Bowers, which I don't know if, if Bowers will even end up testing, uh, that remains to be seen. He doesn't really need to. Uh, but Johnson could end up having the best testing numbers out of any of the tight ends if that does end up happening. I kind of compared to, and I said on my show this week, that it, I felt like he could maybe be this year's uh, Sam Laporta that into next season, uh, in the first seven weeks of the year, he's on a team that loves to utilize their tight ends and get them involved into the passing game, and he just ends up being that go-to dump-off threat uh, when things break down like Sam Laporta was for Jared Goff. And we'll be saying in week 10, like, how the heck did this guy end up falling through the cracks? And why is he doing so well? Uh, I definitely think that that, that descriptor is, is perfect for, uh, for Theo Johnson from Penn State. Always great, Jeff. Uh, great stuff from you, Joe. Appreciate the time. And no, we'll be talking to you more with the draft, obviously, around the corner. Of course. Thanks for having me, guys. That's Thanks, college man. football and NFL draft analyst Joe DeLeon. You can find his work at the Believe Podcast Network. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. So what exactly is the show about? It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.